Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, uh, it seems that our Senate, since 2014 and 15, uh, needs a lot more money to, uh, to do its, its, its work. That's the word, work. Uh, the Senate cost taxpayers $85.4 million in 2014-15 and uh, adjusted to $2019 for inflation. That's $90 million. And for this year, or 2019-2020, the... Uh, they allocated themselves $114 million, which is a 33.4% increase in just five years' time. And I know that makes absolute sense to my next guest, Aaron Woodrick, who's the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. We getting our money's worth, Aaron? <laughs> well, I'd argue, Roy, really what we're paying for, where the $114 million is a very, very expensive rubber stamp. I mean, as you say, this, you point out this chamber is appointed. They have no democratic legitimacy whatsoever. They have no more right to pass laws than you or I do. Um, and yet they get to sit in this chamber. They get a six-figure salary, sometimes for 20 or 30 years. Um, and as you just pointed out, for some reason, after Justin Trudeau introduced his reforms, uh, quote-unquote, uh, we see that the cost of the Senate has jumped by a third, and uh, they're spending it on things like travel. They're spending it on hiring more staff, more bureaucrats in the Senate. Uh, so, no, I, I do not think Canadians are, are getting good bang for their buck here. And they also have something uh, called, and this is new, Canadian Senators Groups. And, and from what I understand, that's when a group of senators gets together and declares itself a group, and then they're entitled to uh, up to, uh, I guess, half a million dollars a year in funding in order to hire the assistance they require for the group. They hire more staff. And they hire a secretariat. I don't even know what a secretariat... I thought secretariat was a racehorse. What, what is a... Do you know what a secretariat is? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a form of bureaucracy inside the Senate. I mean, the long and the short of it, Roy, is they just... The, the senators that are in there right now are just rearranging themselves into different groupings in order to maximize the amount of funding that they're eligible for. So they can form little groups. It's just like caucuses in the House of Commons, right? If you have more right, MPs, right. you get more money. And so they're just rearranging themselves into these little groupings uh, in order to maximize the amount of taxpayer money they can get. So I think it's pretty outrageous. Um, the worst part of this whole CBC expose, Roy, is that they don't even want, they're not even bothering to answer questions. When CBC asked them, well, how do you justify this? They just basically told them to go fly a kite. I mean, that's how, that's how unconcerned these people are about what the public thinks. And when you think about it, why would they be? It's not as if we can vote them out. These people are there uh, until they're 75, whether we like it or not. A conservative senator, Denise Batters, has said, and uh, she sent me a, a tweet, direct message uh, recently on this, that uh, she and uh, conservative senators have been trying to hold the line on spending, quote-unquote, but they're accused of being micromanagers, and the so-called independent senators, who really is make up the liberal caucus, uh, don't want any of that to uh, go forward. And really, we don't have any recourse, do we, as as citizens, we can't we can't unelect them. We can't unappoint them. They're there. 
No, you're right, and it's immensely frustrating. I mean, at least we saw temporarily after this whole Mike Duffy scandal, um, there was, a, I think, quite a bit of effort in the Senate to at least be more transparent because they knew that the public was fed up with Yeah, them. but you so knew that wasn't going to last. Well, and, and this, is the, this is the problem. There is no recourse. It, it, it's, uh, the best way I put it to people is this, Roy. If, if the Canadian, uh, Canadian politics was a human body, the Senate would be an appendix. It is just there. It doesn't do anything. People don't really notice it unless it starts to cause you pain. And uh, this, this, they are a rubber stamp. They are an anachronism. Very hard to get rid of them. So you know, for the time being, they're there. But at the very least, Roy, they could could not rub in our face, uh, wasting millions of dollars um, on doing not very much. So I sent out an email to a friend of mine this morning about this, and uh, we've been exchanging some conversation over the last few days, including on Don Cherry, and uh, he attacked me by phone a couple of days ago because I hadn't said anything about Don or written anything about. Mr. Cherry, and I uh, said, what's wrong with you, Green? He's a friend of yours. Why did you talk about it? And, uh, and we will next hour. I'll play back that, uh, that, particular, uh, that particular interview that I recorded with uh, Don Cherry yesterday. But what I said to him was, uh, as far as the Senate is concerned, when we got around to conversing about them, I said they're like a big skin tag. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> really, they are. It's like a big, it's like you look at it, it's there. And now what do I do with it? Do I do, do, I, do, I do what people say and let's tie a little bit of, uh, you know, the thread around it and pull? No, maybe not. That might not be good. But they're, they're there. And then what, what really bothers me so much, Aaron, is that they rubber stamp, depending on, uh, you know, which, which party is governing, and then the Senate side on that party will rubber stamp what, usually what the party, what the, what the sitting government wants because they're part of the caucus. So they'll rubber stamp it. But then what happens? The other side challenges the legislation, and where does it go? It goes to another point, uh, another uh, group of appointed people, and that's the judiciary in Canada, which then over quite often overrules what the elected and the appointed members of government have done. The whole thing needs to be tuned up. No, you're right. It's it's a question of legitimacy, right? I mean, the Senate, make no mistake, it's hard to get rid of, but I'm still astonished in this day and age. I mean, no other country, if they were developing a political system, would say, hey, let's have a group of people who are not accountable to anyone um, with the power to shoot down legislation. And make no mistake, I don't think they should. I think they should not stand in the way of what the elected House wants. And I say that, Roy, whether I like the bills coming out of the House or not. At least those people are elected. Um, You you know, your point about the court... Courts overstep. Uh, courts are supposed to uh, interpret the law. They're not supposed to make laws. And when courts rule in a way that make laws, that is them. Uh, and it does, Aaron. Aaron, that happens all the time. You're you're right. It does, and it shouldn't. Um, but that's supposed to be their role. Is they're not supposed to make law, and that's where people get set up. That's where we hear the term judicial activism. Judges playing the role of MPs. If they want to make law, they should run for office. Uh, and they could do it then. Here's a line from that uh, from that story. The uh, the government representative in the upper house, Peter Harder, and his two legislative le- lieutenants. I didn't know they had two legislative le- lieutenants, but apparently he does. Also have a budget of 1.62 million a year to help them guide government legislation through the Senate. So I ask myself, okay, here's Senator Harder, who I'm more than happy to talk to if he wants to, to call in. Um, and his two legislative lieutenants, they get a budget of $1.62 million a year to help them guide government legislation through the Senate. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has been going on for a long time. How uh, How much help do you need to guide legislation through the Senate by now? Have, isn't that just a, a practiced art? Doesn't that come sort of second nature? Isn't that as, as, as natural as reaching for a coffee first thing in the morning? 
Well, it shouldn't it shouldn't require the amount of resources they're putting into it. One point six two million. Yeah, and and remember, they're not they should not be touching these bills. They should not be making changes. You know, again, the House of Commons, we elect those people. They have right. to answer to us. Yeah. Uh, the Senate has no business tinkering with those bills, and so I don't know what they're spending the million dollars on. If really, as we said, it should be a rubber stamp. Send it back, uh, and and the house can get on with it. But a, a million dollars. Yeah, how is that? So it's one point six two million. How is that money spent? Where well, does it many, go? Let's have an accounting on this. Yeah, in many cases, well, that's part of the problem here is they refuse to account for it. But we understand that part of it is uh, they're traveling more, so they're traveling across the country to speak to Canadians. Again, I don't know why they need to do that because no matter what they hear, they should not be thwarting the will of the elected house. They're spending it on research. Again, I don't understand why they're doing this. So um, they seem to be spending money to give the impression that they're doing more, uh, when really they shouldn't be doing more in the first place. Um, and even if they are, I don't know that it should take a million dollars to do it. No, I mean, the the, the office budgets were $185,400. they are now $222,450 a year. They've increased by $37,000. For a lot of people in this country, they family of four, after taxes, lives on less than that for 12 months. Oh, no kidding. And to just, I mean, for the cost of this institution to leap by a third in just five years, I mean, can you imagine most Canadians getting that kind of increase in, the, in their income in, in a five-year span? I mean, no one is anywhere close to that. Yeah. Aaron, thank you for the time. Always good talking to you. Thanks a lot, Rick. Aaron Woodrick is the uh, federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.